right, everybody, we are back with another episode of Queen Frost on Chaser Podcast. I hope everybody's having a phenomenal day. I am. Um, actually, I have had a lot of interesting things happen for me, and I'm excited about the new changes that are happening in my life and how it's positively affected my family and just me overall as a person. Because you know what? It's like the uncomfortable knowledge and truths that I've had to take notice of and really sit with myself with it makes a whole lot more sense now so a lot of people some of my content may not be for you because I do go with the gut punches and my goal for everybody is not is to come out of this normalcy of being overly too complacent and too comfortable where you are so much that you don't want to see the changes that are happening around you and the truths that have to be told some people live in mediocrity I just choose not to and my goal for my whole entire platform is to educate it is to help people understand certain things and because there's a lot of delusion in the world from men from women from employers and this and we're talking about employers today y'all so before we get into this take what resonates resonates with you take what resonates with you if it does not apply if it does not apply let it fly let it fly so i add a little bit extra because everybody's circumstances will be different so what we got i want to talk about unaccountable employers okay so let's go ahead and break unaccountable employers they can do anything say and doing say do um treat you and do anything and they are never held accountable to any standard so why are these unaccountable employers dangerous so let's go ahead and jump to this because i want this to be informative and chocolate as much information so i just kind of made sure i go over some things how to possibly you know avoid some of these pitfalls some of them are not entirely possible to always avoid but if you don't have to put yourself in that situation that's always the best so uh unaccountable employers tend to run unchecked so nobody's there to check them nobody's to keep them in their position and doing what they're supposed to do and for them to perform it efficiently so why you may ask they go unchecked that answers your question they never tend to be held to any form of a standard so we are in this day and time where people are so afraid and scared to speak up to their employers who are writing their paychecks to ask for the support and the things that they need so that way they can be efficient and work comfortably and i'm going to go through a whole bunch of different things so i have a list just so hang in there with me so there is no staying on them about expectations and every job has a certain expectation when you go and apply for a job it has a list of expectations that they expect for you to do and responsibilities and often to this they there's nobody staying on them about their expectations of them because they can begin to get comfortable in any job or career there is always set expectations and responsibilities that must be maintained in order to keep a company running so a lot of these things go unchecked and we wonder why some of these companies that people tend to find have a high turnover rate because there's a very high level of unaccountability 
between management, it's with staff, it's with the company, the CEOs themselves. So this does trickle down. People think that, you know, my action shouldn't hurt anybody else or it shouldn't affect anybody else. But it does when you are actually employing other people. So let's go on to our next point. Okay, what generally begins to happen is the abuse of power. Everybody knows what the abuse of power is. For somebody who has always probably been weak most of their life, they get a little taste of power. It goes to their heads and they begin to just become power drunk. They just abuse whatever power authority that they have over people to make themselves feel better. This is what actually typically happens. The more it becomes a habit, okay, I'll say this again, the more this becomes a habit for them, it creates a rift or underlining resentment amongst the staff. It does cause a rift and it does cause a underlying resentment from the staff that is underneath them because they are not exercising their power in the way that was intended to. And often these things, I have a list right here, y'all, so, because I, I need y'all to know these things. I need you to be able to point these things out. I need you to be able to reflect on what does my job work-life balance look like? What does my job look like? How do my employers talk to me? How do they treat me? Am I give, am I treated with respect? Is my time valued? Are my skills valued? So just hanging there with me so the mistreatment of those they're in charge of begins okay it does begin it does happen okay so what does this look like and this is where this gets interesting a lot of people may not think like that doesn't sound right but it is belittling others so if they're management and stuff like that they just tend to be belittle people and they just this is just them they do this on a daily basis and this is what i have to tell people do not mistake how badly they treat you for them having a bad day or anything else. This is really how they think about you. This is really how they see you. It is not an act. It's not them having a really bad day. It's not them. You know, they just, they just so, they didn't have their coffee this morning. So they just, no, it's none of that. This is just, they treating you exactly how they feel about you. Telling you. So another thing to pay attention to is disregarding any staff concerns or questions. If you come to them asking a question and they disregard this, you have a problem. There's an ongoing problem. Picking and choosing who on the staff they support. So as a person who would be a manager, it is your job not to just support the people on your team. It is certain people that you mess with you have to support everybody on that team everybody has to everybody's on an equal playing field underneath there so you can't just play favoritism but favoritism is a thing in business and it does happen they never approve any of your request time off but they're always but they always make time for themselves so it could be a time where you're working eight to nine to ten days straight or you'll go months without days off or even a vacation time that you put in for but they'll tell you no but everybody else around you is getting vacation time everybody they're always on vacation or they always take time off and then that that takes no amount of administrative agreeance that this is okay so what i'm telling you is this is a sign that 
they do tend to take for granted because they are management they don't they don't feel like they have to be there all the time they will disregard your time but they will always make time for what they want and i think that's kind of bull so no care or consideration taken when it comes to the staff's well-being everybody knows they don't care about your well-being they don't care about your mental sanity your physical sanity your emotional sanity they don't give a care anything about you for them you are just merely a warm body occupying a place you are only so useful until you can no longer perform the actions and responsibilities that they gave you upon taking that job addressing your concerns are met with a disagreement or a threat to your employment so you have a lot of these managers and people in high places in these companies that when you address your concern they will downplay it it'll be a disagreement and they'll probably say something well if we bring keep bringing this up again we might need to talk about the terms of your employment do not let do not back down from this do not let this stuff get you riled up because this is one of their tactics it is once it goes right into their power trip for those who do not really realize that this is really what it is they treat you like property more than they treat you like an actual person so let's go ahead and differentiate the difference between property and a person property is something physical it's inanimate and it's just like a computer computer can be considered property now the computer does have its functions and things that it does for it to work now a person and human being we're talking a living human being that needs certain things to sustain themselves they will try to treat you like you're a robot you're not supposed to eat you're not supposed to sleep you're not supposed to have a break you're not supposed to have time off you're not supposed to have time with your family and friends you're not supposed to do anything but solely focus on a job and this is what i'm saying when they they will treat you like more like property than an actual person now you never seem to get any time off and this was something i experienced in a previous employment i never got time off i've seen everybody else taking vacations and getting a request time you know approved but when every time i would ask for my time i would never get it and they always had some excuse well we can't do it right now we can't move the schedule around it was always an excuse don't fall for this there is no work-life balance so anybody who has a family children uh, stuff that you want to do personally for your well-being and for your life they'll make sure that you have no work-life balance meaning you will be so so pressed to put all into your job and when you get home to your loved ones you will find yourself angry irritated and everything anything set you off and you have to begin to question why am i putting all just i'm giving my job all of me but when i'm coming home the people that I love, the people that I care about are getting less than 5% of me. But I'm giving this job, this place, all of me. And that's where we lose our work-life balance. At. They still expect you to come in when you aren't well enough to perform your responsibilities. So there are certain instances where if you're on life, where they still expect you to come in. Because for them, they like your body, we 
own you at this point. We pay your check. So when we tell you to come, we expect you to come. And they don't think of you as a human being that has to be well to do their job. They just think they want a robot, somebody that can just continuously do, do tedious work day in, day out, in hopes that you don't recognize that they don't see you as a person. They see you as somebody replaceable. They load you up with everyone's responsibilities, knowing it's a lie. And this even includes their own. Because for those who don't know, yes, I, the, and I'm not calling it out the actual place, but it's in a hospitality field, okay? So what would end up happening here is I would be helping with the valet. I would be doing the housekeeping. I would be doing the front desk. I would be doing maintenance. I would be sitting up here also being a manager. And I'm not getting all the I'm not getting all of these paychecks. But they wanted to overwork me because they didn't want to do their jobs. Like it's ridiculous. So this stuff does happen. So I do have merit for telling you all these things, right? Another thing, they are never around to help you when you need it, when it's needed at all. They're never around. They're always in their back office or acting like they're busy or they leave for us first so they don't have to do anything. Or if you get a phone call, they're irritated when you call them to ask them to do anything and then they'll just try to tell you to figure it out. Like this, these signs right here, right here are all signs of unaccountable employers. They are never around to do their job, leaving you to deal with the heat. So a few instances, and I've ran into this quite a bit and everything like that. So just to make it clear, yes, I have multiple businesses, but I also have a regular nine to five, which I in turn call my investor because I don't think about them as my employer anymore. That was like a major game changer for me when I stopped thinking about them as my employer instead of thinking of them as my investor. Um, because that's what feeds my other businesses and keeps it going. So eventually I won't ever, I, you know, I'm on the way to working for myself full time and not having to deal with them anymore. And it's the journey's lovely. I'm going to tell you, you should really try it. Um, they aren't reachable by phone, text, or email. So meaning they can, there's often times where I've had employer an employer tell me, Hey, if you need anything, um, just give me a call or text me or just shoot me an email. You know, I'll get right back to you. But when you do that and there's something serious going on, they would, you can never get them. You have to call them multiple times and then they would get back to you whenever they wanted to. So that right there in itself is a issue. They tend to be indifferent about everything. They're just indifferent. There's they're nonchalant indifferent. They don't see anything, any type of way and they don't feel like they should have to see anything any type of way or really view things from a you know sky view communication with them is complete trash you can't communicate there's no communication the communication has either really broken down really badly they communicate really badly with you in terms of how they are actually treating you or how they're speaking to you or it goes back into a lot of those things. Some of those things to kind of tie in together with this in lines of communication. Because 
let's be real when we're talking about an employer and employees so the employer themselves their job is to delegate jobs responsibilities out to other people so that way they can focus on doing the main thing which is making sure that the back office is good and whatever else that they need to do depending on your business that you're in i will say that now and when they're delegating or communicating all of it that needs to be done down to you but that they're excusing themselves from actually any real responsibility within the company for a time just so they can have a little break it's laughable I'm telling you the stuff is laughable now y'all like I'm sure a lot of these things sound very familiar Rather, it's from an experience or a nightmare accounts from others because you hear these accounts of how badly a company was and um, the turnover rate, how they treated them, and, you know, they never got any time off. They found themselves feeling burnt out. All of these nightmarish stories that you get from them, something sounds familiar. So one may ask, what do I do if I'm in this position? Well... We're going to dive into this on a different way, just telling you what do you do for your business position. First off, let's begin with the process of, void, of avoiding this as much as possible. It starts with the process in which you go about job hunting and interviews. Okay? Uh, a lot of people say, why the interview? Why is that so important? And why is the job hunting process so important? You're going to find out in a second. Having a criteria is so key about what's important to you in terms of employment. So you need to have a set idea criteria of a reasonable list of things that you need to have within a employer or a job. Okay? And if you're going in there without those things, you're kind of going there blind. You you really are. Um, You're just kind of nitpicking anything that sounds good. And you need to have a clear picture of what that looks like for you and evaluation of the current circumstances and life balance should be viewed okay so you need to really take inventory of where you are in your life what does your lifestyle look like what does your day-to-day look like for you how much time does it take you to do certain things like you need to do a full evaluation on this when you're considering a job so here's some rules of thumb okay and i kid you not rules of thumb here one have at least three options to consider a lot of people job hunt they'll you know end up with one and they're like great i have an offer now i'm I'm gonna go ahead and jump in on this do not just jump in on your first offer have at least three of them three job offers because you want options you want to give yourself a reasonable amount of options that you will make a decision because it's easily said than done that one can pop up with 10 options and they won't make a decision because there's so many options so you have to rule things out and take things off the table so you can minimize your options to find the best one number two the one thing i wish people would not do if you're tired of your workplace and i get a lot of people are tired of workplace how they're being treated the pay how they've been taught they're underpaid overworked all this other stuff but please For the sake of all sakes, do not do this. Do not quit before you actually replace that job. 
I get it. I really do. But you have to, but you do yourself a disservice leaving before you had before having a safety net in place so why would why am i able to leave where i was previously to go somewhere else i had a safety net i did my research i had everything lined up so i'm not sitting there i'm not waiting on unemployment i have something lined up so that way i can go right into it within a reasonable time and i don't suffer financially i don't suffer in any way financially for the best time to replace a job is when you actually have one, honestly. And when I say this is often, this is what I have found out, you know, when I was doing my like, my little searches and everything, if you pay attention. So what I'm saying here is I found that I got more people reaching out to me and wanting to hire me and take me seriously while I was employed with another company. So because they see that I'm working, they see some, it's weird thing for them to see some type of value, like they working and stuff like that. They trying to replace this job. Let's jump on them immediately. They'll move on you faster than a person who has just quit their job, no plan in sight. They just thinking, I'll just figure it out when I get there. That's why you, a lot of people have a hard time finding because you're unemployed. You just up and left and had no backup. And for them, it's kind of like how, and also you got to think about how did you leave? Some people are not two-week noticers. I am. Like, I don't give a care. Like, if I do a two-week notice, it's short, it's sweet, it's concise. That's it. I'm not going into a whole lot because in legal writing, if you give them too much and it wants to become like a legal situation, you have given them more than enough ammo for them to take and switch words. Some of the words that they use, that we use, we don't realize in our two-week notices can be label is something that can be used in legal ramifications number four use your time wisely what are you doing with your time if you're just playing around playing video games doing everything else but anything to put yourself in a better position while you're trying to get out the position that you're in you are wasting your time you're using it ineffectively and you got to stop it watch how you're using your time Use part of that time to get some things done that's going to put you ahead of the curve. Number five, research the company you're applying for. This is an advantage point, so you aren't going in blind. So a lot of times they don't expect you to look up the company. They don't expect you to do the research. They don't expect you to know anything at all about how it's been running, the complaints about the company. Um... They don't expect you to know all of this. So they just think you're a noob coming in that's just desperate for a job. And at least with this, and this, this is number six, and you really should pay attention to this. Ask questions. I even ask the tough questions. And pay attention how, to, how they respond to you. Pay very close attention how they are responding to you. Number seven, I hate to tell people this. There's a lot of people that go into this job understand, you know, the stress. I got kids to feed. I got bills to pay. You know, my rent's due. This, that, whatever your thing is. Whatever it is for you. Do not go into your interview with desperation. When I say don't go in there for des- with desperation, some people go in there and lead with desperation. Like, I need this job. Like, let me go in here and go all out. You are there to present yourself. You are the asset. 
you are the thing that they are looking for. You are you are the person that they need for that job. They sought you out and called you in for an interview. They saw something in you. So now the moment they here's the thing, they look for weakness and a signs that you're easy manipulating. When you go in there with desperation, they know we can twist them around, we can manipulate them, we can do all of this other stuff to them. We can get away with bloody murder if we want to with this person because they came in here with with, with desperation and we could see it that's why I tell people go in confidently confident in your skills and when you articulate yourself articulate yourself like you got some sense but don't go in there out of desperation and out of fear mongering because there's a lot of people that do that and it's does not help you and my last but not least not be afraid to ask the hard questions because they are looking for you to ask well what are, what, what are we supposed to wear what are you on form supposed to look like um what are the hours you know for the you know my schedule hours probably look like ask the questions why you know and some people like i you can go into facts and stuff like that from once you did the research like okay i read you know i've done some research on the company itself and you know it's started up in this time so what has been the reason that it's had a high turnover rate here because at the end of the day if you're seeing a job that has a high turnover rate you should be concerned and it's a hard question there's like a lot of hard questions that you can ask now this is just the preemptive let's get past all of this so we can you know try to avoid the situation as much as possible some things are unavoidable some things are but if you are in this situation okay and oftentimes this is what i tell people especially when it's a manager over a place or stuff like that i go i don't argue with the help okay managers in themselves are helps okay they are not the ceos they are not corporate so if you have anything to do with this company and often the companies ceos if they're serious if they're on their business and they are diligent about making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do they have no problem about you coming to them letting them know there's an issue okay so you never argue with the help okay never if any time i've ever had an issue i went over their heads that means i'm not talking to the a general manager i'm not talking to assistant manager i'm talking to somebody in corporate okay um and i'll also tell you real for real really like if you notice and you've went to say you went to corporate you've done everything that it is that you were supposed to do right and nothing has come out of it work on your exit plan everything that i went through told you the three options don't quit before you have a replaced a job using your time wisely research the company all of this stuff have all these things that i've mentioned if you miss some of these things please go back through this episode and hear it again go into having a exit plan having a backup plan meaning you're looking for something else while you're looking for something else you can play along and do 
your job to a certain level of satisfaction. But make sure you're creating that exit plan. Make sure you're looking up more, at least, I would say look up 10 and apply to 10 different places a day. And somebody, somebody might say, that's a lot. That's, that's doing a lot. No, this is one way after you do it for like a few, just do it every day. Because a lot of times, some of these players are not going to respond to you. And some of them will. So this is going to weed out and help you find your best options. Begin to create an exit plan, um, y'all. Because some of these employers, they're, they're, they're not accountable. The only time they've been accountable is, I know I worked in hospitality is when we have had one of the regional managers come in and that's when they wanted to act like they were doing their job they were they had some pep in their step and everything that's the only time they did be, but beyond that after they left they went around to running the place just how they used to so to anybody that's there that's having issues and in, in falling into the trap of this what we just spoke of just a moment ago it's okay, like, you know, it's okay to say, like, this is not working for me. It's okay for you to recognize when something's not healthy for me. Like, even if it's the environment, it's a toxic, unhealthy environment. You have to be okay with that. And you have to be okay with putting what you need first. Because at the end of the day, let me l- tell you, these employers see you as a warm body that fills a position until you cannot fulfill your obligation to them. And then they're just going to replace you. So for all y'all that's out there just trying to make your life, do not kill yourself over a job that's going to replace you before you even put under the ground. So until my next episode, God, I love you much. Um, like, just stay focused, y'all.